You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Judd's Hockey Show. It's uh, We're recording on Friday here, so it's a one-timer. Zolgad and Declan Goff, and we got to record something here, Declan, because uh, what we saw in Arizona last night, an 8-5 to five wild win. I'll repeat slowly. 8 Two five. Wow! It was Oilers Flames circa '86 with Vernon and Fear and Goal. <laughs> uh, I'll start off with this. There's a lot to dissect here, yes. w- which we'll do in a very short period of time because it's a one timer. But um, just as a hockey fan, man, that was fun to watch. Of course, that's that's an awesome brand of hockey. I love watching that. You know, I don't mind a one nothing shutout here and there. That's fine. You know, I I don't mind seeing that. But if you're just a casual sports fan. You gotta love seeing that up and down the ice. I mean, it, it, it was like pond hockey. Yeah, you, they're scoring left and right. It was like three on three with five on five. With five on wasn't five. It? I mean, yeah, it was basically an empty empty net for for the majority of that game. I think it's amazing the Wild went a full twenty minutes without scoring and finished with eight goals over forty minutes. I mean, that's also remarkable. So, yeah, it was a fun game. Um, n- not a lot of goaltending involved, but that's okay. Sometimes you need some of that offensive uh, output. Uh, so Dubnik comes back. And of course, he missed substantial time. He hadn't played since November sixteenth to be uh, to tend to his wife, who has been battling a serious illness. So we wish uh, Dubnik, his wife, and their family all the best. But uh, Declan, he comes back to stop tw- uh, what twenty nine shots, I believe. Uh, but yeah. the save percentage wasn't great. No. Yeah, but what did you think? Because I will give him this: he hadn't played for a month, and as they were talking about the telecast on Fox Sports North last night, you know, you could practice all you want, situational hockey and blah, 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 and that's going to work only so much. I actually thought for a guy who hadn't played for that long that it was not a disaster. It wasn't great, but it wasn't a disaster. It wasn't a disaster, no. You Look, you don't know what kind of goaltender you're going to get when a guy hasn't played in over a month, Um, and I thought it was exactly kind of what I expected from him. You know, it was very Dubnik-like. There were some goals that I I know he'd like back, but – Hey, the offense bailed him out, um, and I think just to get the win was probably a big monkey off his back, and I'm sure that feels really good, and I know the team probably wanted to get him a win really bad, so that w- that was good. That was a good thing that Dudnik was able to go in there and at least get his feet wet. Um, I'd like to see what happens here next. I know they play on Saturday afternoon at Winnipeg. Do you put Staylock back in, or do you give it to Dubnik? That's probably the bigger question. So the... Uh... The exact shots and saves, in fact, I had the even strength. He stopped 29 to 32 shots, even strength, for the game, including uh, power plays, because he gave up a couple power play goals. It was 35 saves on 40 shots. Let's start with the good. Okay. Let's, or let's transition, since we started with Dubnik. Let's transition to the good. Wild fourth line last night. Two goals, four assists, nine shots, nine hits. Uh, Felino was magnificent last night. A goal and two assists, three points, five shots, seven hits. Love it. Rask, our guy, Victor Rask, assist, a shot. Okay, but he he was the center on the fourth line. And then a guy that I think you've really uh, developed or taken a liking to, Ryan Hartman, a goal and assist and three shots. So again, six points from your fourth line. And you and you were without um, Koivu last night. 
Erickson Eck last night, Zucker last night. Very impressive. You need your fourth line to be a competent line in, in the NHL nowadays. I think the days of just being a checking line and not scoring are over um, in the NHL, are, are, are being phased out, I should say. And if you have a fourth line that is basically not getting scored on and also able to drive offense, that's great for this team. I mean, it it's a, it's a silent thing. You might not notice it a lot because it's not flashy and they're obviously not out there a ton. But if you have a fourth line that can stabilize everything, it makes everyone's job that much easier. I know Rass took a pretty boneheaded delay a game penalty um, in the third period that led to a power play goal. But for the most part, when Victor Rask has been just on that fourth line, he's unfortunately had to be elevated due to injuries and circumstances. But I think in general, him with Felino and Hartman has been a very positive line. And, and Bruce Boudreaux, as much as Rask can frustrate you, I think Boudreaux knows that that fourth line is integral to the team's success. Yes, and they have played. And you know what? Rask can't really skate, and he, he's not great. But that f- fourth line has been, what's the word I'm looking for here? fairly savvy at times. I'm a big, in fact, I've been this way for two years now. Okay. I'm a big Felino guy. Yeah, you His first year here from Buffalo, I thought he was a huge disappointment and a bust. But you know what? The last two years, he's been a locker room presence. He hits guys. that Now, I thought he could have taken a penalty on the hit on Aaron Ness uh, behind yeah. the Phoenix goal. I could, I could see But why. nonetheless, it's a super aggressive play. Changed the game, too. And it changed the game, and they scored a goal, right? Mm-hmm. So it worked out perfectly. But he is a guy that I look at and see as captain material, and he brings a style that I really, really like. And, and it's a style that probably not enough guys on this team traditionally have had because a lot of this, you know what, Bruce's whole thing, right? Woe is me. He loves that phrase, and he's yes. right. You know, the old, oh, we're down by a goal. Woe is me. Oh, we're on the road again. Woe is me. Felino never seems to be that guy. And he's not the most talented player, and he certainly is not the fastest player. But he's good enough, and he brings enough intangibles that I think that guys like him and Hartman make a difference, just starting with attitude. Exactly. And I know— Rask, I don't know as much, but those two are— For sure. And I I know there's always been questions about signing, essentially, fourth-line players to multi-year contracts. Fletcher did that with Foligno, one of his last ones, and we did a similar one with Ryan Hartman. Granted, I think it's only a two-year deal for Ryan Hartman. But you see the value in them. And it's not a flashy signing, but you need these kind of guys. Kind of like back-end starting pitching in baseball. You, you know, you might be upset that, oh, my God, we didn't get the ace. We just got another four. But you you do need someone to stabilize the back-end. And I think Felino and Hartman, the way they go about their business and the way they check and they're able to hit and change games, they can they can do things that aren't scoring goals that lead to success on the ice. Yes. And that's what they And they, they feed off that. Thing. Yes. And the and team guys feed off that. I agree. Feed off that. And that's, that's important. Okay. A goal, two assists, three points last night, plus three. Let's talk about your guy. Matt Zuccarello. Go ahead. I love him. This is great. I was questioned I had questions about the contract. We all still have questions about the contract. That's okay too. I don't I don't think I don't fault anyone that says that contract is going to be an albatross down the road here. It probably is. Um but when you lost Mikhail Grandlin, you lost a playmaker. And when I heard the Wild were interested in Zuccarello or even just signed him, I thought, oh, that's a little surprising, but makes sense. I mean, a very key cog in New York for a long time, a very well-liked and respected guy that I think also goes very under the radar about him. He's not a bad person. You know, he's, he's, he wasn't a bad apple in New York. Look at the way um, oh, they loved him. Lundquist was bawling his yeah. eyes out oh, when, they love when, him. when he was traded. Look at the applause he got going back 
to the garden. And that's I know, real. I know the wild, you know, we like to tease the wild for all their tribute videos, but if you're the New York Rangers, a hard no city like that, an original six franchise, if you're getting a tribute like that and you get an ovation like that, that's the key. Yes. You're a special player. Yes. If the fans love you like that, they love you for a reason. Exactly. And with Zuccarello, you got off to a poor start. Everyone on this team was off to a poor start through the first 16 games. And lately, he's been a point-for-game player. He's driving, he's driving points to the net. He has a great pass. He's, he, I think he's one of the best passers on this team. He can facilitate offense in the offensive zone like anyone else. And Mikhail Granlin, who is five years younger and having a really tough year in Nashville, if we're just looking at him, apples to oranges here, Zuccarello is the better player. Oh, absolutely. Right? So you, absolutely. you made the right decision by bringing in Zuccarello. I'm, I will say in a couple years, yes, that contract might be an issue. But right now for what the Wild want to be. And if they're going to be a force in the playoffs, Zuccarello is going to have a ton to do with that. So he strikes me as, and and Matt didn't get off to a good start, okay? New, yes. new team, new town. I get all that. Uh, right now, though, he strikes me as a more comfortable, more confident, more knowing his exact role, Granlund. Like, Granlund never seemed to really get his role. One week he'd be, a, I'm going to score some goals, and the next week I'm going to facilitate. and And it always seemed to be, his confidence would wane at times, right? And he just didn't because when when Granlin was going really well, he he could be a marvelous player. Of course, I think we all agree on that. But but Matts is older, it's more savvy, smarter, and he seems to get get his role. And the shame of this whole thing is, man, if you could have had him on some of those Granlin teams a few years back, if you had swapped him, let's say three years ago, think about that because this guy does. He, this guy. I don't sense any doubt about who he is in his mind as a player. Granlund, I always sensed a doubt. And when Granlund was at his best, you're talking at least Olympic ice, potential superstar. But when he wasn't, you were talking about a guy whose confidence wasn't there. Zuccarello, to me, uh, partially probably because of experience and having played for the Rangers for quite some time, which is a tougher town to play in, Seems to know exactly what his role is supposed to be and seems completely confident with that role, comfortable with that role. And Zuccarello and Granlin are playmakers. That is what they are. And I know Granlin, yes, I think we had a perception and a toe in the water about, especially the first year with Bruce, you know, I think he had 27 goals. He kind of exploded when they shifted him off from center over to wing, and his game kind of was even elevated more to what we thought he could be as a potential prospect, you know, years ago when he was drafted. But with Zuccarello... He's always been a consistent playmaker. He's only scored 20 goals once in his career. He's going to make people around him better. Jason Zucker and Eric Stahl, for example, who he spent the majority of his time with, this is where I think analytics um, can get a bad name um, because his coursey with those players is not very good. They're getting out-possessed. They're getting out-shot. Some of that has to do with Zuccarello being essentially split between the offensive and defensive zones mm-hmm. on his start times, where when he was in New York, he was primarily an offensive-based player. Okay. But in theory, it's still a good line. And when you watch just that Arizona game, right? I know Zucker's out, so they, they moved up Parisi. The way he's able to see everyone on the ice and look people off, right? Almost like a quarterback looking off a corner or a safety. He has an ability to create offense that is... Very underappreciated. And I don't think there's a metric or a statistic that's going to show you that. It's the eye test. And that's with analytics, you have to marry the, the analytics with the eye test. And that's when if both of them work, you know it, it's legitimate. The problem is with the analytics with Zuccarell, they kind of say, like, oh, he's kind of been a little underwhelming. If you watch him, there's nothing that's underwhelming about his game. Let's fight. Let's end this by fighting. Okay. 
Jordan Greenway plays 1625 last night. Bravo. Love him. He's Charlie Coyle, a good Charlie Coyle. Luke Cunning, 1532 last night. Again, bravo. He is. He I be all sorts of colors right now. And please. I think he's solid. Yes. I think he's incredibly solid. He's not a sexy player. Never going to be. Not supposed to be. Bravo. But here's where I think we're going to fight. Just a little bit, at least. All right. Donato scores a goal last night. Shoot first guy. I love it. Plays 717. Nico Sturm, by comparison, played 917. Now, this does not mean that Sturm at center is a bad player, but he played more. Kevin Fiala, who had a rough night, I'm more than willing to acknowledge that, 1005. Those are two kids. I'm not mandating playing time for this entire roster. It's impossible, and I don't expect it. But, man, in a game like that, in a season like this, I really want those kids to play more. If not 15, Donato and Fiala, can we get them up to 12 or 13? Can we play them a bit more? And Donato, I don't. I really am frustrated by this because every time he gets a chance, he contributes, I think, and he's going to make mistakes. And so is Fiala is too. They're both going to screw up. But for this year, can we just get him to a point where Bruce says they still have to play? I don't see how they benefit from not playing last night, especially in that game. And I understand they might have screwed up. But guess what? Guys are going to screw up. This is the year to screw up. I understand that. Your thoughts? So how I look at it is I think in general, Fiala and Donato have been getting more trust and more minutes and more responsibilities. Last night, Fiala, let's start with Fiala, had a rough game. Mm -hmm. A lot of defensive zone turnovers. Usually it's the offensive zone turnovers that fresh with you. Last night it was on the other end. And we know he's not a defensive sound player, so those mistakes are going to happen. And you know what? Bruce held him accountable, and he's been, let's be honest, Fiala's been the whipping boy of this season for mistakes. I think even more than Donato. And at the time, Cunning and Greenway were playing very well. We saw what Zuccarello and Stahl and uh, Brise were doing. You were up two goals going into that third period. You blew that lead. Thank you, Victor Rass, for throwing a GD puck out of the out of the arena. But at the same time, you had to put yourself in a position to win. And if the Wild got down and they wanted to throw out the kids and say, all right, boys, literally, go out and show me what you can do, I would have understood that more. But you were trying to win that game in a track meet, and I don't think you're going to win that game in a track meet with Donato and Fiala on the ice. I'm not saying that they have to be on the ice constantly, but I want more time for them. I Is that fair? Yes, it's totally fair. I want to see those it's two just. play because if you if you blow that game last night, ultimately, too bad. But if I learned about you, if I'm Billy Guerin, I go to Boots and say, Boots, I don't expect you to play every. You know, if you want to bench Brad Hunt, go right ahead. I don't. Please, I, I don't care. I'm begging you. Bruce. I don't care. I'm begging you. But these two kids, I need to see because I think there's something there with both Donato. In, in a league that seems to be so intent on passing now, I love his mentality. And, yes, he's not the perfect player. But he came down the ice last night. Darcy Kemper allowed the first goal, and he allowed a lot of Oof. bad ones looked before like, he got hurt. Looked and like that, Minnesota Darcy. And that night. looked bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he allowed that first goal because he was convinced Donato was going to pass the puck. And I love the fact that he not only didn't pass the puck, he's got that, and he's got the shot to do it. Yes, he does. He's got a shot. Yes, he does. And so this is just the type of guy that I think in a year or two you're going to have to, or hopefully you, you could put out there, rely on to not just play sound defensively, but also score key goals. Also on the flip side, yes, sir. Matt Dumba only playing 14 minutes last night with Brad Hunt. Third defensive pairing. So I think goal number one for the Coyotes, awful turnover. Horrible. I know there's something yeah. horrible. So you plus want, one though last night, by the way, because they scored so many darn right. goals. But I, I think um, the point is, is that now Bruce is, is starting to hold veterans accountable. It's not like they're Dumba should be held accountable at this point. I yes. think that's fair. I'm worried about him. 
And you know what? And look, the guy, I don't know what to do because I think he's so snake bitten. There was two moments I saw last night that he definitely could have buried. That wide open barn that he had. I know. The whole net. I know. How he's, does he not find it? He's leaning on a stick. To, it's, yeah, I know. You're right. And you know, you know, it's maybe the old cliche. Once he gets the one, you know, hopefully the, the floodgates open. The confidence but, is gone. But the confidence is shaken there. And, and Bruce is, is starting to realize that I can't put this kid out there for 20 minutes a night anymore. I'm okay with that one, though. Because he, he's been playing for a long time. This is concerning. The Fiala Donato thing to me is about discovery. I'm not sure on them yet. And I want to see this. Makes sense. Dumba, no. I, I, and I don't know what to do because I still really like him. And I, I do think that if you're going to turn the corner as quickly as we think this team can, which is we're talking about maybe being even more competitive next season and then two years from now being really damn good, yeah, he's going to be a key. Heck yeah. So that worries me. Okay. All right, Judd's Hockey Show, one-timer is done. I'm Zolgad. He's Declan. We'll talk to you later. Pass shoot score.